This episode brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right, so no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and company while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. I'm a big fan of Uber for myself, but sign me up as a big fan of Uber Teen accounts, which is just like it sounds. It's an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. If Uber Teen hadn't come in to save the day, then my daughter wouldn't have been able to get to her dance class the other day. And I got to track her ride from my phone. I got text updates. It really is super cool. So if you need help with drop-offs for this or that, Uber Teen can be your new best friend. And you can get 40% off up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. Now see app for details. Add your team to your account today. It's super easy. Available in select locations. Again, see app for details. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless extended silver unlimited plan. And get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at just 25 bucks a line per month for four lines. You will save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. Well, or at least a lot longer. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, The whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Hello, everyone. It is Mike D., head writer of The Bobby Bone Show and producer of The Bobby Cast. And Bobby and I wanted to share a recent episode of The Bobby Cast that we did with new artist Morgan Wade. We love sharing new artists with you on the podcast. And she has a song on the charts right now, currently at number 27 that you would know. It's called Wilder Days. got to meet her on this episode and hang out with her. She has a really cool story. It was a very raw and honest conversation of how she grew up, how she wrote her songs in secret, found her first band on Craigslist, and then the really cool way that she got a record deal, all by really staying true to herself. So if you haven't checked out Morgan Wade's music, you really need to listen to her latest album called Reckless. But we'll get into all that here on episode 332 of the Bobby Cast, the music podcast we record every single week at Bobby's house. So if you're not subscribed to that, just search Bobby Cast wherever you're listening to this now. Hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button so you get brand new episodes every single Friday. But right now, here's Morgan Wade. Morgan, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's nice to finally meet you. You as well, man. I think we've missed each other a couple times. You yes. were coming last time, and then I didn't have a voice yesterday, so yes. I appreciate you. I don't know if you stayed an extra day or not, but I appreciate that. I'm going to tell you that I did, even though I was already here. You're already going to be yeah. here? You don't live here, though. I don't. Do you have a plan to move here? I do. Oh, you yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah, I need to move out here. Just kind of like figuring out where I want to live. Because I thought it was so punk rock that you didn't live out here, and you're just like, screw it. Yeah, and, and I've been like that for like the last two years, <laughs> but now I'm like, ugh. Everything's like based out of here. My band's here, so I'm like the outlier. So. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I have a couple friends, Justin Moore, because I'm from Arkansas. We grew up near the same town. Yeah. He lives in Arkansas still, and as much as that's home, it's still a pain in the butt to have to come out and work. But he also moved here, established himself 
you know, and then moved out. Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. There's no direct flights from where I am. So I have to fly like down to Atlanta and then from Atlanta to here. So where are you, where do you live? Uh, like near Bristol, Virginia. Oh, yeah. so like Tri-Cities area. Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up watching, because uh, I don't know anything about racing. I will just say I hated it every Sunday after church. My grandfather would watch the race. And I just never understood why it was such a big deal. And he would, like, fall asleep in his chair, and I'd, like, want to change the channel, and he wouldn't let me. So that's, like, my memories of the NASCAR. I went out there once. uh, I was, like, 19. They said, hey, move out here and uh, come work uh, at the radio station out here. And I went out there, and I remember seeing a massive racetrack, and that was about it. Yeah. And I'm from a really small town. But I was like, dang. And the the culture was was a lot of of NASCAR and a lot of racing. But I as as— you know, growing up in the South, I still never got into racing. You know, I was ne- I pl- a lot of football and baseball, but never race. Yeah, car. yeah, I'm not. I don't. Yeah, you- it's it's not my thing. I can't sit still that long. When yeah. were, when did you start tinkering around with music? Like at what, five, six, seven? Yeah, I was like I, the earliest I can remember, like seven years old, like writing songs. Writing songs, not yeah. just listening and liking no, music. No, but- no, I I remember like writing songs at like a very early age. So how did you even know that? You could write a song. Because when I was seven, I didn't know you could write a song. Did you have musical people around you? No. No. Not at all. Um, I, you know, my, my grandfather was really into bluegrass music. That's like a really big thing where I'm from, from Floyd. Um, and so I would go with him on Friday nights up to the, the Floyd Country Store, and we would sit and listen to music. I'd fall asleep on his lap. Like, you know, that was like every Friday for me. Um, but, yeah, and, and then he, he was really into the fiddle. So... He like was like I, I want you. You should play the fiddle. And so they took me to lessons, and it was in it was classical violin, and I hated it. Yeah, you rolled your eyes when you said they took I, me to lessons. Yeah, I hated it so bad. I did that for like two years. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to play the guitar, and the teacher told my mom she's like, no, if she won't stick with this, she won't play guitar. So my mom listened to her and was like, no. And then of course my grandma went and bought me a guitar. So how old were you when you got a guitar? Uh, maybe like ten or eleven, something like that. But you had already started writing songs. At least, sort of, prelim- Yeah, I mean, and, and that was the, that was my big thing. I wanted a guitar because I wanted to put, you know, instrumentation to that, you know. What kind of music did you like? I know you said you were influenced by bluegrass because your grandfather, but what kind of music were you listening to? Or when did you first find your type of music? So I, I was in, like, first grade, and I discovered Elvis. And that was, like, all I wanted to listen to. I was obsessed with Elvis. I drove my mom insane. Where did uh, they have Elvis, like records or, or CDs in I, the house? We lived with uh, my grandparents, and I came home one day, and there was like a VHS of Jailhouse Rock sitting on the table. And I asked my mom, I was like, can I watch it? She's like, it's in black and white. You're not going to like it. I watched it like five times that afternoon. And then, you know, she broke the news to me. Elvis is not alive. Like, you know, that that whole thing. You went through it all. You discovered him, and he died the same day. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> it, was, it, was a very, uh, it, was, it was a very tough day for me, but I was just obsessed with him after that. I mean, you know, it is Elvis. He was very electrifying, and but he was so different. You know, I'd never heard anything like that, and so I just really connected with that. You know, it's interesting, too, the thing about Elvis, and again, me growing up in the South, you're, you consider Virginia the South, right? I do, okay. yeah. I guess it depends on who you talk to and what part of Virginia, because if, if, to- if I'm touring and we're in Northern Virginia, they don't consider that the South. Yeah. That's yeah. like D.C. Right, right. Um, so, but Elvis, being from the South, being from Mississippi— then Memphis was both country, pop, rock, gospel. He kind of was the first major crossover artist that For existed sure. because what he did was so different than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And you were drawn to that because of his singing, because of the total, the dancing, the singing. Like, what about Elvis kind of struck you? I mean, obviously, first, like, the singing, but, I mean, he was just a elect- an electrifying dude. You know, with everything he did was different. And then, of course— um, you know, I should have known early on. I, I get very obsessed and addicted to certain things. And so I was very obsessed with Elvis. And, and so I engrossed myself in like everything, you know, reading books, whatever. And so just hearing like the documentaries and stuff about, you know, everything he went through and just being different. But he just like stayed true to that. Like he didn't care. What about like your teenage years? Like when did you find current music that spoke to you? Yeah, I mean, I think when I really started to find music that, that, stuck with me was when Casey Musgraves first read, like Follow Your Arrow came out and I like heard that and I was like wow that's that's really different I haven't really heard anything like that and of course like with Miranda 
You know, I remember the kerosene music video coming out, and I ripped holes in all of my jeans, and I got in a lot of trouble for that. I remember my grandma threw my pants away. She was like, what did you do this for? But I was just, like, so obsessed with her because, you know, just these these women that just, like, speak their mind. And so that's when I really started to, towards, to you know, gravitate towards that kind of music. In the house that you grew up in, you know, were you raised to speak up and speak your mind? Or were you raised to, you know, just bide your time, find your place? Yeah, you know, it, it's, I was such a quiet kid. It was like, it, I say that, I, I was quiet, but it was also not quiet. It just depended on the moment. Um, I, I don't really feel like I grew up in a house where we, you know, really spoke our minds very often. My parents divorced when I was like five. Um, and so I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, which, you know, felt like the the safest place for me back then. But uh, my grandma really let me just be whoever I wanted to be. You know, saying my grandmother adopted me for a while. But your grandmother being such a strong influence on you, what what was she like as a woman? Yeah, she, you know, she gave me some really good advice one time. And it, it was just, I was just so upset, you know, about different things. And I remember she was just like, don't try to be like anybody else. Don't put, you know, all your happiness in one person. I'll never forget that. I was in her front yard. I was probably like, you know, 11 or 12. And she's like, just stop putting everything into into other people. Like, you know, you got to have that inside of yourself. And, and so she, she was always very just supportive of me being me. Um, I, I have like a, a really fond memory. Um, we couldn't figure out. She, she got really sick. And uh, I remember she, she had double vision. And we couldn't figure it out. And I had guitar lessons, and she put a patch over her eye so she could drive me to guitar lessons that day. You know, mm-hmm. it was just stuff like that that was, like, really important to her. Wow, it sounded like she sacrificed a lot. She did, yeah. Was she like a mom to you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, my grandma was, like, my best friend there for, you know, like, a really long time. And So was she in on your decision to pursue music? Um... Because it sounds like she was influencing it a bit. She was she was influencing it. She uh she passed away not actually not long after that. I think I was thirteen when she she finally passed away. We found out she actually had pancreatic cancer the whole time that you know she'd been going through all that. But I I just uh we would always ride around and and listen to music. It was funny because she grew up in a different generation, so it was it was funny sometimes the songs that would be on the radio. She'd be like, I really I really don't like that song. Not a fan of that song. <laughs> um. But she would, you know, let me listen to to whatever, and and we would ride around in the car, and and then. But even my other my other grandmother was was big into music, um, as far as like listening to old records and and CDs and stuff like that with her. And she comes out to all my shows now, and so she's been very supportive. So it's been very fortunate. But it it was something that I kind of kept to myself. Like I played instruments and stuff, but I didn't sing for anybody. So where would you play though? Like at the, at the house, or were you playing? Yeah, it was just it. I remember it just being like such a secret, and I'm I'm still not entirely sure why it was such a secret. But I would write and like sing and stuff until I'd see you know one of my parents come home and I put it away. So like I didn't want anybody to hear me. Um, why do you think that is? Like deep down, why do you think that is? It, I was told one t- there was a there was a singing group at school, and I was the only kid that didn't make it. And I was told my voice was weird, and that just stuck with me. It's like all right, no more. No more. I'm not doing that. And and I was I was sensitive, very sensitive. And I mean, you know, you're young like that, and you you get told that. And so I was like, all right, you know, it's just for me, which I think benefited me the most because I enjoy doing it. So I kept doing it. But you know, you can be really honest with yourself. If you're not, you know, out there trying to impress anybody, it was just something I did to like cope. And um, so that's how I write now. You know, it's the only way I know to write. It's funny you talk about someone telling you your voice was weird, at least what you said. Was it a teacher that told you your voice was weird? No, it, it was a student. It oh. was It was like, it's funny, because a lot of them are so proud of me. Oh, now. they're your best yeah, friends now, or your cousins? Like, or yeah, your, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we want to <laughs> come out to your shows and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. They hit you up on social media, mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh, I miss mm-hmm. you. haven't seen you in forever. How's it been? Yeah. I heard you on the radio. Yeah, but you, you know, like I said, like, I don't think I'd be, yeah. I wouldn't write like I do if I didn't have that stuff going on, like, early in my life. I think that, that kind of pushed me. Well, if you're hiding the fact that you're singing, which you were doing early on, when did you, and why did you decide to do it publicly. Yeah, so uh, I was dating a guy and my freshman year of college, and we broke up. And, you know, he played music 
in a band, and I was like, you know, it would really tick me off if I broke up with somebody and they wrote a song about it. And so I uh, I got on Craigslist, because that's what you do where I grew up. I was like, you want something, you get on Craigslist. <laughs> and here's what's funny is, like, I remember being, like, 13 years old, and I had, like, selling stuff on Craigslist. And I look back, and I'm like, that was really not safe. But I remember, like, selling a futon on Craigslist. But how would you sell that? Would you have people come to your house, like adult people? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm just out there putting my address out there. Like, I, it, I look back, and I'm like, okay. So, yeah, my immediate, my immediate response is like, all right, I'm going to get on Craigslist. And I found a group of guys that, that needed a singer. And so I got two of my friends that were, like, five foot two. And we... um you know, the little trio went down there to this random house and down into the basement with a bunch of men. Yeah. So you were how old? I was 19. And they were how old? Mm, they were all in their, like, 30s, 40s. And you walk in, and you are a petite 19-year-old woman. Uh-huh. And were they looking for that, or were they looking for another big dude? No, I think they were just kind of like, okay. I don't think they really expected yeah but it hey you know they were like they were super nice fortunately like really good group of guys um and but yeah not my brightest moment what was that band or were they a band like they have a name they no we didn't have we didn't have a name but it was just like we just started um kind of playing i think i only played like one or two shows with 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 that group and then it kind of uh merged into something else and i kept the the bass player he stuck with me for years um i still talk to talk to him now and again what'd you guys play were you doing covers no no it was all my songs yeah i came wow, in there with so they you took your music in and they learned it yeah yeah wow yeah so I've, I've never been like big on playing covers um it's just it's always i've always i've written so many songs i'm like why would i play everybody else's songs when i'm my own yeah i get it but to go from not singing at all to walking in the room going, I'm now going to sing, and all you older men are going to sing all my songs. I, I was on a mission. <laughs> I was on a mission to, to you know, uh, yeah, to, to get that song out there. So. When you decide that you want to sing, what was your career plan at that point? Because you were in school. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to go into cardiothoracics. That was what I was doing. Help me out. Heart. Heart, yeah, heart doctor. And um, so that was on, like, the, the pre-med track. And then it was just, like, I kind of was like, oh, this music thing, I'm going to not, like, keep this a secret anymore. And so I casually one day just told my mom, I was like, hey, I'm going to play a show. And she's like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're going to get play a show. And then it was just kind of like, yeah, I play music. And she's just like, what? what? You know, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. But then, um, you know. It, they started coming out. My parents kind of were like, okay. But it, to me, it wasn't like, all right, I'm going to just go quit school. You know, I continued with school, but music kind of started to to overtake that. I ended up, I still graduated um, with wow. a bachelor's. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor right now. So, um, shocking, I know. But, um, yeah, it, it, it just like, it, it all worked out how it was supposed to, obviously. You stayed in school. Was it because you knew... Uh, how how tough it is to work in a creative field and you needed a backup plan? Or did you ever make a promise to yourself or why? You know, I, I, I think about that often. I, I'm not entirely sure why I stayed, but, you know, I, I felt like, okay, I just all of a sudden started doing this. I just all of a sudden started publicly playing music. So I continued to uh, actually worked a job at the gym um, all throughout college. Uh, I had to be up at 3.30 a.m. every morning to do, to do what at the gym open the gym every every morning i go down there and open the gym and uh, i did that for for um well i did that even after after i graduated so i did it for like five years you woke up at 3 30 every yeah i mean i say that as someone who also wakes up at that time but i hate it i've yeah. been doing it since i was 22 now yeah it sucks every day for me yeah i don't know if it sucked every day for you it did it did i i, I hate it and of course at the time you know um I started drinking. When I started playing music, I started drinking. And so I, I don't know how many times I went in there with, you know, an hour of sleep. You know, I lived, um, part of the time I lived really close to the gym. And so I was just kind of like stumble in there. But uh, 
no idea how I, I pulled that off for so long. I don't miss getting up that early. I get up early. I'm like a 5 a.m.er. Still? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to go to bed early, Mm-mm. you know, get up early. I don't know. I'm just a, I'm basically 97 years old. I mean, I'm a forced 97. Gotcha. I would, I would stay up <laughs> until 4 a.m. And, and, and wake up at noon, but I can't do that because of my job. Um, so talk to me for a second because you're 19, you start playing these shows, and you had kind of suppressed that muscle, that singing, that you know, public performance muscle for a long time, but you're doing it. Was it like an aha, like, oh, man, I love this, or was it a gradual thing? No, I immediately, I, I, that was one thing. It was like in college, like public speaking or anything like that, hated it, was terrified, but it was like immediately as soon as I got on the stage, I was fine. You know, as far as singing goes. Because I just felt like it was something that I was always supposed to do. Um, And I I feel like I kind of just, like, jumped on in. Because I would, you know, at the beginning, I mean, I look back at some of these shows I played. And you can't even call it a show. I don't even know what it was. But I took every opportunity that I could take. You know, I wanted it to work. And I I enjoyed it. Any thought of quitting school and pursuing that full-time? Or were you, did you know you were going to finish? No, I, I thought about it. There were there were a few times that I was like, you know, I I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. Um, but you know, obviously too, like your parents. Like I I I look back and you know, if I had a kid, I probably would have said the same thing. Like well, this came out of nowhere. Like why do you want to just quit school? Um, but you know, even my friends and stuff were like, why why would you quit? Like you need you need to go to college. Which now I have such a different perspective on that than, than what I did. Because I'm like, when I have kids, like, okay, you, you don't want to go to college, don't go to college, don't waste your money yeah, on same. something. I don't even know where my degree is at. It's something <laughs> well, I should have heart. framed. You may not have the paper, but it's always I'm in I'm really your heart. glad, you know, that I did go. I look back now. I think that I'm much more mature. I do a lot better in school if I went to school now. I wasn't prepared then. You know, you're 19 and you just, you know, go try to be an adult. You're not. I'm still not an adult, but. Where were you playing? You know, you talk about the first band, but uh, were you playing with different groups? What kind of bars or clubs were you playing? Yeah, we were, we were playing bars. I mean, man, it was like breweries and bars and restaurants and stuff and um, anything, like literally anything that I I could get, you know, to play, I would do it. And you know, it's uh, oh god. I mean, I just look back. I just think it. You know, you were background music a lot of times, but it was just I was so happy to be there. And I like to remind myself of that. Can you, know. you think of shows where maybe there were more people on stage than there were in the audience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this one specific show. And they they had us come play. And, you know, when you start booking that stuff, like I look back, you know, now I play a nice solid, you know, hour, whatever, hour and a half at max. And I remember booking this one show. It was like three and a half hours. Not a soul there. <laughs> they made us play that whole time. And, of course, the guys, they were all, like, older guys, so they were, like, used to playing to, like, nobody. So to them, they're like, well, it's three-and-a-half-hour practice here. You know, we're just going to drink our beer and just, you know, play along. And I, those were the nights that you leave there thinking, why the hell am I doing this? You know, like, this, this is stupid. And I think that's part of the reason why I was like, all right, I'm going to stay in college because I don't know that this is going to work out. It almost feels like a movie when no one's in the theater, but they run it anyway in case someone happens to come in. Right. Like they wanted you to keep playing in case someone does happen to stumble in. I'm like, man, there was no one in there. Nobody. I will never forget that night because I remember at one point we just, I just stopped singing. I was just up there playing my guitar and we just kind of stood there. It's like the same song. We just kept running it and running it. And I nobody mean, knows the difference if there's nobody there. There was no one there except yeah. the bartender and she wasn't, you know, what was she? She wasn't doing anything. I watched her watch too. Yeah. Same yeah. That you guys exactly. Were. Absolutely. Okay. So at, at this point, you're still living in Virginia. Yeah. You're still, did, have you ever moved out of Virginia? Or have you lived there the whole time? No, I've lived there the whole time. Like, I moved, you know, I grew up in Floyd, and then I I moved to Roanoke, which is where I went to college. And then, you know, I moved out towards the Tri-Cities area. Um, I've lived there for a couple years. In your hometown, are people now that already know you, are they starting to look at you a little different? Because, you know, you are popping up on the radio. You are popping up on, are they like, maybe people being nicer to you, or people you don't know coming up and being like, hey, can I get a picture? Is that happening? Yeah, it, I, I, 
went home and I told my grandma, I was like, when I come to see you, we just like, I just want to come to your house and like hang out because it's a small town. And last time I was there, I went out to eat and yeah, they, they, if I'm stuffing my face with food, like last thing I want to do is, you know, and I appreciate it because it is really great. But it, it was a little, it was a little bizarre. It's a little weird, you know, to go back there and 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 have that. But you know, I think my dad gets it a lot too. You know, meet, meeting people, you know, that that know who I am, and to and him, it's funny. You're also kind of hard to miss, just because of the, no. just because of the tattoos. Like even if you're fully covered, your hands are still. I would exposed. have to wear like medical gloves. Like you have to show up in mittens and like a big furry hat, <laughs> right? And even then, you would. They, and then I'm gonna stick out. Even then you're more, gonna stick so, out. Yeah, in a different way. yeah. It just it's just not. It is cool. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I've been in the airport all over, and and I've started to have a lot of people recognize me there. So. I want to talk about your voice as a songwriter because I think you said it. You started writing songs, then you started writing them from a different perspective, your perspective. You started writing them so young, too. I mean, when did you first start to feel that voice, not singing voice, but that voice have an opinion or a perspective? Man, I mean, I remember I was like, I don't know, I had to be like nine or ten, and my dad was going through a, a separation. And I was writing about that, just from his perspective, of, in which I look at back. nine or ten years old. Yeah, and I look back, I'm like, man, you were a sad, sad kid. I look back, and it was very, like, you know, I've always written just from whatever's going around, you know, whatever whatever I'm around, you know, whatever I'm experiencing. Like, that's just, that. it was just my outlet. Did you keep any of that stuff that you have from, as, you know, from a kid? So that was another thing. I didn't write stuff down because I didn't want anybody to read it. Mm. So if I, I would write stuff down sometimes, but I would hide it. And my grandmother claims she finds stuff in, like, cookbooks and stuff stashed around her house. I don't believe her. I think she's making it up so she can sell something one day on eBay. Uh, I think she's planning that story now <laughs> so she'll have something. But I just didn't write stuff down because I didn't want anybody to, to find it. So I, w- I will memorize stuff. And until I came out here to Nashville and we were in the studio, you know, Sadler Baden, my producer, he was just like, you need to write this stuff, that, like type it out because we have to be able to like see it. But I would just memorize it. If it was something that was going to stick, it would just stick in my head. So you go to these guys with all these songs you'd written. Now we're going to go back to the basement or wherever you went to these, this room with these 40-year-old guys. What were those songs about as a, as a 19-year-old? Like when you look back at, you know, if you were to, to paintbrush that with a broad stroke, what was that collection of music about? Yeah, I think, oh, man, most of it was just... Uh, Especially the early days was definitely heartbreak, which I don't think I've steered too far from that. But, you know, heartbreak and, and, and starting to, to drink and, like, experience experience different stuff. But mainly heartbreak. I think that's, that's all I've seen to really know how to write about. Did you ever... Because sometimes I'll do this with comedy where I feel like I'm, so, I'm extremely vulnerable and I'm exposing myself and I'm right up on the edge of going, man, this is too much. Like, I'm on the edge. I never actually feel like I, I get to where it's too much, oddly. Yeah. But I feel like I'm on the edge a lot. Do you ever feel like you're that way with lyrics or when you're writing a song? Yeah, for sure. Because people ask all the time, they're like, you know, do you ever start to say something? You're like, I shouldn't. And I'm like, yeah, I think I think so. But then it's like after it's out there, you look back and you're like, oh, it wasn't really anything to me. I think that, and I think that's good, too, because you never, like you say, you never reach that spot. But I think it's good to push the envelope. When did someone come to you, someone that had any sort of prominence in, I won't say Nashville, but in music, who came to you and said, wow, you're different? Not that you sound different or you look different, but you're different that you're actually pretty good and you have a perspective, a voice, and kind of gave you confidence that you could make this. Yeah, you know, I would I would have to say, like, so I played a festival, and when I got done with my set, um, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit were playing later that night, and... Jason's sound engineer came up and he was like, Hey, I had no idea who he was. He introduced himself and he's like, I think the guys would really like to hear your music. And uh, he's like, It's really good. You know, like, I really enjoyed your set. And I, I didn't expect to hear anything. You know, I was like, Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. And then, like, a day later, um, Sadler hit me up on Instagram. He's like, Hey, love your voice. Like, I've looked up your music. You know, what do you have going on? Like, we should chat, like, would love to write with you and just talk. And so, like, two days later, we hopped on a uh, on a FaceTime, and uh, he was like, you know, play me some of your stuff. You know, I, I, he his 
he was like, you know, I want to get into producing. Do you, do you have a producer? He's like, I, I would love to, like, collaborate with you. And so I pitched him the idea of Wilder Days. I sat down. That's the first song I ever played him. And it just went from there. It was so, like, organic. Um, you know, he didn't want any anything from me. And so I came out to Nashville, and we just clicked. And his thing was just, I don't want any money. I know you don't have any money. Like, let's just work together. We'll work here at my house. Let's write some songs. And, and we started recording demos. And, you know, before I met him, I didn't have a booking agent or manager or, or anything. And so that all just started to fall into place because the demos kind of started circulating around. When you say you came to Nashville, what does that mean? I, obviously, you get in a car or you or I got I got in a car and I drove here. You drove That's, here. <laughs> Do you, like, get a hotel room? Do you find it? Like, what... It, how long do you stay? Yeah, I came out there. I think the first time I met with Sadler, I came out here, and I was out here for a couple of days, something like that. You just got a hotel. and, and you just cram rights in. Like, you, you're you here, morning starts, you're riding until you go to bed. Yeah, yeah I, I like, and I, I, I've enjoyed that because it's like, I mean, I've been doing stuff all day. It's like, okay, she's out here right now. We have to get all this stuff done. So versus, you know, me living out here, and they've been like, hey, we need you to come here Tuesday at 2, and mm-hmm. Thursday at four, you know, stuff like that. They have to get it done in X amount of time and then leave me alone. You know, there's so many stories about new artists either coming to town or being in town and having someone take advantage of them. Money, um, hey, I'm, I'm promising you this, and they don't get it. But you come and you spend the first couple of days here. Did you feel like it was legit? Like, wow, like we, this may not turn into anything massive, but what was coming from him was sincere? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Sadler's, like, the nicest person ever. And and, and he just, um, I could tell he just he just believed in it. He was just, like, really excited. And I didn't feel any pressure to do anything other than just, you know, throw ideas around with him and, and make some music that he believed in. You go back home, and how long until you start to get these things back emailed to you or texted to you, like, hey, check it out, listen to this? Sadler, that's the thing about him. He will work on something all night until it's it's done. And and typically, I'll have a, a, a rough of something within a few hours. Did you hear a slightly different version of you? Because now you had somebody pretty good working on your stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, did you hear you in a way you hadn't heard yet? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because it was, you know, even though it was just, you know, a rough demo at his house. It was still more professional than anything I'd ever had done. You know, and I didn't know how to do that. I didn't grow up around those resources or anything. So hearing something you've worked on, like actually recorded, actually sent to you like that, and it, it yeah, it was it was incredible. When did those dreams start to happen? Well, I could actually be a like, music star. So at the time, I was actually working a job in tax reassessment. <laughs> Like, what kind of taxes? So, basically, I worked for this company, and they would bid on towns that, like, and and you would go around and assess the properties. If they, uh, you know, built anything, you had to make note of that, basically, to be taxed on it, you know, for real estate purposes. No one likes that, and no one likes the little tattooed girl showing up on their porch either. I had the cops called multiple times it was but i only had to work monday through like thursday and it was full time and so i had like thursday night friday saturday sunday i could go play shows and i could take a hit you know not making any money and try to like get my foot in the door in all these different places but yet not be broke um but sadler finally sat me down he's like listen you know you got to go all in you got to choose one or the other because you're kind of starting to get at this this point where you got to dedicate more to the music if that's what you really want to do. And he was right. And so I think um, driving back home, I, I called my boss and was like, hey, I'm going to give you my, my – I'll finish out this job and then, then that's it. I'm done. They weren't upset because I was horrible at that <laughs> job. I, it, it was it was it was pretty bad. Also, you of all the jobs that maybe you look like you would do, tax assessor <laughs> I think would be I don't know five six hundred on the list. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I liked it because like it's just the tattoos. Is all it is. Yeah. yeah. No, and it it was it was uh, but it was funny because you you see a lot of stuff, you know, uh, 
lot of interesting people. Just And people would assume, too, I don't know how many times I had people be like, thinking I was like selling like cookies or something. I was like, I am not a Girl Scout. <laughs> not a Girl Scout. When did, it, what was the label process for you like? Did multiple labels say, hey, or did one just dial in and go, we want you to be on our label, let's go? Yeah, so, uh, like, Sather and I set out to just make an EP. And so we recorded, like, five songs. And then that's when a couple of different labels started kind of, you know, sniffing around. And, and we took some meetings. The first meeting I took was with 30 Tigers. And David Macias was, was great. And he was like, I love it, you know, but you should go around. Take the other meetings, see if you like them better. You know, he was like, but regardless, you, you'll have a home here if you want it. Like, we believe in what you're doing. But he was like, you need to make an LP, not an EP. Like, you've got the songs. Like, So I met with a couple other places, and they just wanted to change everything. They didn't want, they were like, oh, we love what you're doing, but we want to change all of it. And I'm like, well, this works. Sonically, uh, like, they want to change They you. just wanted to, like, re-record everything. I don't know how many places they were like, we should just do an acoustic album. And I was like, that's really boring. That's going to get really boring really quickly. And so I went with 30 Tigers, and then, you know, Reckless came out last March. It wasn't even a month later. Every label in Nashville was emailing my manager like, hey, we want to talk. A lot of which wanted to talk beforehand, and it was like, really? Okay, you you wanted to change everything, and now you're like, I love it. But Sony Sony Music stuck out the most. Um, you know, I took a meeting with them, and I, I really made them work for it. Poor Randy Goodman over there at, <laughs> at Sony. I really made that poor guy. Like, he was like, I didn't know for, like, the first four meetings if you liked me. He was like, we met, and you kept your sunglasses on the whole time. I was like, it was bright outside dude that's that's he claims i did it to like freak him out but um the thing that stuck out with them is i was i finally i was just like what do you want to change huh what do you what do you want to do i was like if i stay at 30 tigers i was like what can you give me they can't i was like because i own all my stuff i'm making really good i'm i'm doing good i'm doing the best i've ever done i was like what can you guys do like why would i come to you and you know essentially Randy was like, we don't, we don't want to change anything. We love this record. Like, we just want to re-release it. We won't change a single thing. And he was like, we'll just give you that platform and that push that a major label can give you and, and more opportunities. And, and um, it just it ended up being the right move, and, and I've, I've been really happy. But they didn't, they didn't want to change a darn thing. Yeah, I love the music. I mean, and I'm so jaded. I'm just around everything all the time. Uh, but, you know... The record is so good. And I like to think that I like albums. But I'm becoming more ADD the longer I have the option to become ADD. Honestly. it's I'm like, oh, I'm a big album guy. But then it's like, if I don't love, love the artist, I'll just check out a few songs, skip over a couple. Yeah. and yeah. So I find myself being a huge hypocrite and going, eh. Yeah. That being said, like your entire project is A+. And, and I haven't said that about anything. And probably... Maybe Old Dominion, but other than that, and like a couple Casey records ago, like it's as good as anything I've heard in years. Thank you. Like just yeah. just love it, and um, I mean from from the beginning. I mean, and Wilder Days is the first song on the record, right? It's the first. Yeah, it's yeah. track one, and it's yeah. the first one you wrote. Yeah. Why Why put that one up front? Was it because you wrote it first? I think we just really. I think it's important, especially to like anybody goes a, a record comes out and you click on that first song right there. You want to hook them in. Like, don't just put some kind of weird something on there. Like, I wanted to put the best foot forward. And, and uh, Sadler, Sadler did, too. And I think it made sense. It was it was the song that we based the whole album around. It was the first one. And, and to me, I think that's really important. You get that real core piece of that record, and then you, you're like, okay, this is the direction I want to take it. And so it made it made sense to put it first. Let me play a clip of Wilder Days. Here you go. So let's talk about this song specifically. Where did you write it? Who'd you write it with? So I actually wrote kind of a version of Wilder Days myself, and I and that's what I'd pitched to Sadler, and he was like, "All right, this is this is great." Obviously, needed to change some things up, and um, 
So we we kind of sat down and 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 like I said, I had to draft it out, but we made a lot of changes, and and I'm I'm so glad we did. I I found the old version of it that I had written one day, and I listened to it, and I was like, dear God, I would never want anybody to hear this version of it. But we we sat down and and really. He helped me, too, as a writer. You know, I'd never co-written with anybody. And so he really helped kind of push me to to dig a little deeper and, and, and be more honest and authentic with it. And um, so we, God, we worked on that song. I'll never forget. There's just, like, parts of it, like the Wilder Days, just singing Wilder Days. I stood in front of that microphone for a solid 45 minutes singing that one line over and over and over. And I, I was like, I never want to hear this song again. Which which part? I wish I did in your wilder, wilder days. Like that yeah. that part of it. He made me see, And he was in his kitchen shredding chicken for tacos. And he would be like, yeah, you can keep going. I think you can. <laughs> and I'd, I could sing that part in my sleep now. I hated it. But he, I remember we finally finished that song up. It was like 11 p.m. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. He's like, no, 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 we're going to go to Jenny's Ice Cream, and we're going to listen to this. So we go, and we get in his Honda Element, and he is blasting Wilder Days as long as he, or as loud as he possibly can on our way to get Jenny's Ice Cream at, like, 11 p.m. But he was so excited, and that's how I know. I was like, man, this man believes in me more than, you know, anybody else. Your version, was it melodically the same? Or did you, did you change lyrics? Yeah, we changed lyrics, and it, it made more sense and flows better. You know, I there for a long time didn't like i didn't have the bridge or any of that in there but then of course sadler is a guitar god so you know he really came in with the riffs and kind of helping me mix things up to where it wasn't just so repetitive the whole song is all of the uh the information in the song true is chicago is that a real reference yeah or did you just rhyme words no they, they were they were all real references yeah yeah and does the person that the song is about this is the question you'll get asked 10,000 times. Do they know it's about them? Yeah, for sure. Okay. 100%. Yeah. And have they reached out? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. And if 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 that person hears this, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it's all good. It's all good now, you know, young and dumb and, and times were different then, but. Was this the person at 19? The same person? No. no different no, person? No, no. Uh, Matches and Metaphors, track number two. And I'm not going in order for any reason other than. Like when I listen to these songs, when I was listening, because I've listened to the record a hundred times at this point, um, I think it's the only album I have saved right now on my entire Spotify, uh, to be honest with you. And so this is maybe my second favorite song. Now, was this song that you, uh, a new new song you wrote for this or did you have a version of it already as well no this one this one um just wrote straight through um i had uh basically the the verses and the chorus down and and then uh sadler kind of helped me add the bridge in there that was one thing before i met sadler i wasn't putting any bridges or anything in my songs so they were pretty pretty straightforward and and repetitive and uh he kind of he kind of helped me there get into uh adding some more dynamic to these songs. But we, we wrote that. I had that one. I actually stayed up all night one night. I drank way too much coffee that day. And I remember I sat up, and it was pouring rain at my house. And uh, I didn't have internet or anything where I was staying at the time. It wasn't working. And I just sat up, and I wrote that song. Do you write lyrics first? Do you write a melody first? Or do you have, do you have an idea? Like, what is it for you? Weirdly enough, I uh, I hear... The words in my head, I hear them in a melody. So, like when I when I write a, a, a phrase out, that's how I hear it in my head. And so I try to just figure out that on guitar. Okay, you did your hands like you're playing keys. But I don't you know said why. Guitar. Yeah, I, I'm I don't confused know. Confused at your process. Yeah. That's a weird guitar. That's a very <laughs> weird guitar. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I did that, but yeah, I meant like that. I promise I know how to play guitar. Uh, confusing a bit, at least at first when I heard, had heard of you, um, the Morgan W. Morgan Wall and Morgan Wade. Yeah. I, I think I was <laughs> typing in your name and Morgan Wall. I don't know. It was just, do people often not confuse you too, but do they ever call you Morgan Wallen on accident because it's just in their head? Like, I, I've been tagged and stuff. Yeah. I guess and, that would and, be it. And, and then they're like, oops. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> W-A, it's both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes yeah. a, a yeah. second letter. Yeah. Was he already on the scene when you were here and starting? Yeah. Meaning, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no talk of changing Morgan Wade to like Morgan Bade or something. No, 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 no one, up. no one came up with that. No, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's also a a, a, a pro BMXer, Morgan yes, Wade. Yes, and it is funny because his friends and fans and stuff will tag him and stuff, and they'll be like, "Dude, what the hell? We, you know, we we thought you're right, you know, making jokes." And I've actually messaged him about it before. So, uh, I was watching. On maybe it was last night or the night before, you were doing a, a live TikTok. Last night, mm-hmm. where you, that was last night, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and you're playing. Are you reading the comments as you're on there, or are you just? I, I can't because I read a couple comments and they made me want to laugh, and so it kind of like messes me up. And I'm like, but it's I've never I've never done the the TikTok. I, I've never really been on TikTok, and so my team was like, "We, you need to like do a TikTok live, you know." And and so they kind of helped me set that up. And yeah, I try not to read the comments too much. I don't read the comments to anything. I, I think people like you, though. That's the difference in you and me. People have a lot of opinions about me, <laughs> okay? And they go all different directions. Not all good. <laughs> I think people like you. I think yours would be pretty positive. Um, I do want to play Reckless. Here is some of Reckless. Then you turn around and leave me. So you wrote every song on this, which I would have expected, especially since you said you just write songs all the time. Uh, what's the oldest song on this new project? Um, the oldest song would be Mend. And um, that's the first song that Sadler had like looked up of mine and heard. And he was like, you really need to, to put Mend on there. It was, it was one of his favorite songs. And it almost didn't make it because I was just so tired of it. Um I was like, I don't, I don't want to. You know, you always want to put your new songs mm-hmm. out. It's shiny. Yeah. It's like fun. Right, shiny. exactly. Yeah. And and he just really loved that song so much. And I, I'm glad we put it on there. Um, but that that's the oldest song. Have you done any sort of radio tour yet where you go to radio stations? Have you done that at all? Yeah. Some? Yeah. 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 Around? I mean, it's been kind of kind of weird with COVID, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of different protocols and a lot of people are, you know, still working from home and stuff like that. But Does everyone go straight to the tattoos first? Um, most of the time, yeah. They're like, oh, hi, what's up with the, what's up with the tattoo and kissing K- K-Tex? Uh, what's yeah. up with the tattoos? <laughs> yep. And so what is your stock answer when someone goes, oh, what's up with the tattoos? Yeah, I, a lot of times I'm just like, oh, I forgot I had tattoos. You know, I just say <laughs> something like, and then they're just like, okay, this girl's. When did, because you mentioned earlier, and I, I've held on to it because I'm the same way. I get addicted to things quickly and hard. Mm-hmm. When did the tattoo things start and was it all at once or did you just kind of just mess around with it a little bit no no um also my freshman year of college um i remember i was sitting in my like apartment and one of my friends was there and she was just like i think you would like tattoos i don't know why she said that and i was like i should do that i think i had 90 dollars in my bank account <laughs> and i went and i got a tattoo and then i was just like Okay, I really like this, and I I think a few weeks later, I went and got, like, three more at one time. A few weeks later? Yeah. And I got paid between them, <laughs> <laughs> with With the goal of covering, is the goal now to cover your whole body? No, I, I don't really know what my goal is anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. The, you know, getting tattoos at 19 and then getting tattoos now at 27, the pain is a lot different. I swear it hurts more now. It And maybe it's just because I've ran out of all the easy spots. Um, I used to say, oh, I'm just going to get, like, one. I had one on the inside of my arm. I was like, that's it. And, you know, it was like, I won't go past here. And I promised my mom I wouldn't go past here. And then here we are, and I have my throat tattooed. And literally— Boy, the throat's hardcore. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. It really was not—it wasn't— it wasn't bad. My chest is not filled in because that hurts so bad. I felt that in my throat. I didn't feel my throat at all. So you, your chest, you felt? Yeah, in my throat. But the throat. But the throat, you didn't feel in your throat? No. Felt no, that in like your knee? Or what? I didn't feel it. it the, the throat really wasn't that bad. 
I mean, I would like to relate. I've got like four or five. But the only thing that hurt me was up near this crease of the arm. Yeah. But that's like, I'm like a second grader being like, look at my boo-boo. Yeah. And you're like a college <laughs> graduate. Like, that's nothing, kid. No, no. It, I complain like the whole time. But yeah, my mom used to be kind of like, please don't. But I mean, the other day she was like, when did you get that, that clover on your hand? I was like, oh, cool. she's like, that's really cute. I'm just like, what is happening? It does in a way, not that you need it, but especially whenever you're being introduced, it does legitimize you as, like, I'm an artist. Like, regardless of of how you feel about me or if you like my music, mm-hmm. like, I'm an artist. I'm not a, a, a prepared little PR singer. Yeah. Like, you are a legitimate artist before you even hear you sing because visually... You go, well, this girl doesn't have around. Yeah. And yeah. you know that, right? Like, you know it. You know <laughs> that it's like people believe you because it's almost like you have the story written on you. Yeah. Like, people know I'm a nerd because of my glasses. I wear glasses <laughs> because I need them, but they're part of the story, right? I have big, dark rim glasses, and they're like, that guy's a nerd, and he's probably pretty smart, and he probably got pounded as a kid, and that's why he's kind of funny. Like, you can tell just, boop, glasses, here I am. Same thing with you. Like, I look at you. I haven't met you before now. I've been a big fan, but I haven't met you until now. And I go, one, she's hardcore about it, whatever she's involved in because she's committed to these tattoos, so she, she feels. And then two, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with you. Like, I feel like you would shank me. <laughs> that's what I feel like it would happen, too. Like, that's, I wouldn't cross you because you can take the punishment of a needle and a tattoo over and over yeah. again. I mean, am I wrong? I pass out when I get my blood drawn. Okay, I don't need to. You don't need to kill what what I, how okay. I feel. Okay, well, I'm just I'm, I'm just being honest here. Okay. We've we've talked about honesty. I'm honest. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you see it that way. A lot of people are just like, she's just got so many different ones. She can't make her mind up. You okay, know? I, you know what? I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I, you thought about it in a positive way. I thought about it in a way of you have committed to who you are. Yeah, I like that way better. Yeah. But is it the, now she's running a second one? Is it because you couldn't? She's like, it's actually because no, I couldn't decide. I, I really, I really did. And I, I had this conversation with somebody um, just about how, you know, I am tired of just like listening to what everybody else wants me to do. And I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, those people, they just have, they have to live with their choices. I have to live with mine. And I'm not going to go not do something because I'm afraid of what, you know, I, I remember when I got my hands tattooed, I had somebody look at me and they were like, well, I hope the music thing pans out because you're not going to be able to do anything else. And I'm like, I, okay, I don't, I'm not going to worry about that. Be like, well, I'm not going to get my hands tattooed because I might not be able to do this music thing. And the hands are hardcore. They're hardcore. I'm glad hardcore. I got the, I'm glad I got those done a long time what, ago because they hurt. What do we see? Hold them up. Rock, ro- rock roll, rock yeah. and roll. What's yeah. on the underside of that? Uh, stay true. They're like old sailor tattoos. Uh, ever had a, a, you know, you ever wanted to sail? Ever thought about getting on the old ship? You could do that if music didn't work I'm, out with all your that's tattoos. That's true. I could be a sailor. You could be a sailor. <laughs> what, else, what else are you passionate about? Shoes? Sneakers? I do like sneakers. I saw you got some new ones. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll give you a quick hit. My, I, have, I come from addicts. I'm an addict. Just mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never had a drink because I know I'll drink everything. Gotcha. And I never That's do drugs because I know I'll do I'll win at drugs. I don't, there's not even a game, but I'll win. I'll win. Okay. I'll win at all of it. <laughs> but what happens is I put that in other places yeah. because I know yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And so anything that I do, I run through like the Kool-Aid man through a wall. I don't uh-huh. know if you know what the Kool-Aid man is. I do. Okay. I do. I'm yes. like, hello, I'm now doing this. Right. And shoes for probably three years. If I had a couple minutes, I would just get on the phone and go, and I was starting to make money for the first time. Oh, no, I get this. I get, I feel and this I was mess. like, well, I want, and I never got, I, ne- I was always jealous of kids who had nice shoes. Yeah. And the, and the first, like, check I ever got where I was like, wow, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I bought a pair of Jordans. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they mean so much to me because I never had nice right. shoes. I would go to right. yard sales and get shoes. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about my, uh, so up until, I guess I've had my car for about a year now. Um, I never had a car with AC, ever. Never had a car, none of that. And legit for the up until I I was doing pretty good you know making finally making money and stuff and my friends were like why are you still driving a 2007 Honda Odyssey why are you driving this minivan I was like well my mom 
was going to get rid of it and get a new van. And so I gave them $1,500 and I took that <laughs> minivan and I was like, the lumbar support yeah. is great. And so finally, I, I was like, all right. I, I mean, I could not make my mind up on what I wanted. And I finally went and got me a, a little Mercedes C300. And she never turns the air condition off, even in the winter. It may be yeah. 30 degrees. I knew I would be, my mom's like, you're going to be the first person to go buy them a brand new Mercedes, drive it off the lot, and there'll be no AC in that thing. Like, you'll be. The, <laughs> you asked to have it removed. I'd well, like the AC I get my office. first bus. Yeah. The heat and the AC went out in the front of it. I was like, this is, this is kind of funny to me. I was like, you know, I got to find a little humor in it. But I can, I get it with like the shoes, which I've been checking out your Balenciaga shoes. I'm a, I love Balenciaga. Their stuff's so weird and I love out. it. These are the greatest because they're oh, slides, nice. but they're also tennis shoes. I love a flip-flop or a slide. Yeah. And these are my winter slides. There you go. And I, I like lo- that. I love shoes, and I spend too much money on shoes because I didn't have any money to buy shoes. Right, And right. I, And I, I've heard you have 19 Mercedes's now. That's I, what, I that's, do, that's, yeah. That's the text yeah. I just got. You have well, 19 that's, different I, ones. I had 19, and, the, and then uh, now I have 22. So, so you're a shoes person, though, too? I, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you like the most? Probably, I, I'm I'm all about the Jordans, man. Yeah, yeah, I got consistently. No. Yeah, is that what you have on now? Yeah. Oh, those are cool, man. Clean too. Yeah, I'm very weird about, I, and that's probably a problem. Um, so right now I just live in, you know, I'm not home much, so I have like a one bedroom cabin out by the river. It's like real peaceful. Shoes just piled up, Jordans, because I was getting in these lotteries, and you know, you put yeah. in. And then if you get them, you get them. If you don't, you don't. Well, for there for like a long time, I was not getting any. I was getting really stressed. So then I would just start putting in for like four or five different pair. And then it was like, congratulations. <laughs> You've got all these. And it's like, oh, gosh. But I went out to L.A. and went in some of those stores yeah. where they're just like up the wall. Awesome, right? So do you have StockX? Do you ever use that? I do use StockX. Um, yeah. It takes a little long to get in. And I'm a l- I don't really have the pay, but I will buy occasionally some, yeah. some stuff on yeah. StockX, especially if it's stuff I can't. I bought some pink New Balance. The thing about New Balance now is now they know they're cool. Mm-hmm. They now know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now they're just jacking the prices yeah. up. Yeah. Like when it was just a good dad shoe, yeah. those were the days. That's just, yeah, all that's coming back. But Dang now no. <laughs> New Balance are kind of cool again. Hey, Mike, you had a question about one of our tattoos? Yeah, I've been thinking about getting a Simpsons tattoo. And I, I know you have Maggie Simpson. Like, uh-huh. what, what inspired that? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny on all the Christmas and, like, cold episodes where they would dress her up and she looked like a little star. Literally, there's no story behind that. I will say, um, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I, so I have a, a new, newly diagnosed bladder condition. Very fun, but it's weird because I was going to my doctor and he was just kind of like a very stoic man, didn't have anything, and then all of a sudden he, he was over there washing his hands. He goes, hey. Is that a Maggie tattoo on your leg? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he was like, Simpsons is still going. They're still making episodes. And that was it. And they walked out of the room. And I was like, well, he knew. He knew who Maggie Simpson was. So I was but like, I get us. I got it for some reason. That tattoo brought you guys together. It brought us together. Second, yeah. And so did your bladder. But that's a, it's a little awkward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the the tattoo is what brought us together. Yeah. That, I, I, <laughs> I'll share it a little with you too. I have um, an odd IBS issue, which I never knew even was a thing. Yeah, and I had to go in and get a, a the old tube. Uh, what's it called? The uh, colonoscopy. A colonoscopy and an endoscopy. Oh, and they put you under. Yeah, and you come and nothing was wrong with me. And I went through all that work and nothing was wrong with me. They can't find it, so maybe I just have what you have. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've been dealing with that since I was like seven, and oh, wow. towards the end of well, I didn't know. And then towards the end of the last tour, and then I was doing radio stuff, I got really tired and really grumpy and was, like, losing my mind, like, hallucinating. Couldn't figure out what was going on. I went to the doctor, and that's what it is. And so they put me on, like, a – so I have to get, like, a catheter once a week. It took you 20 years to, fi- to figure because that out? Because I was just going to doctors, and they were just, like, giving me an antibiotic and, like, writing it off. And I was never getting better. And they didn't, like, actually check. So now I'm, like, immune to a lot of antibiotics because of that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so it's it's been fun. So now an antibiotic can't fix you because they overprescribed your yeah, antibiotic. Yeah, but that doctor liked my Simpsons tattoo. And this has been so. the Medical Minute with Morgan and Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I do want to mention that the deluxe edition of your record is out. And it the, the next six songs, the last six songs came out on the 28th. What's today, the first? Yep. So it's been, like, four days. So I haven't had time to listen to these over and over and over again mm-hmm. yet. Um, only one time all the way through. 
Um, so the six songs that came out, is that what the label said they were going to do? Is that what they said that they could do for you is put out a longer version? No, that or? was actually my idea. Like from the beginning, I knew that I, I always like when artists do that. You know, they go out and they put the deluxe out. And um, I mean, like to me, especially if it's a record that I really like, and then they go add a few more songs out with that. I always find that to be really cool. And and they they were really cool with that. So, yeah. Here is Through Your Eyes. I wish I could see the world through your eyes. Oh, that face, the kind that no one should take away. I think I have. Since we're getting close to wrapping this thing up, because we've been here for an hour, um, I've got to wonder and I've got to imagine now that when you're playing shows, and are you still doing shows with Ryan? Heard? I am, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like one of my buds. Like, nice. the greatest guy. Yeah, he's right? super cool. Super nice. I have to wonder, though, if people are starting to know your songs a lot more and you're noticing it in the crowd now. Uh, yeah, Wilder Days. We we always play that one last. And if they don't know any other word, they you know, any other song, they know Wilder Days, and it's insane. It's, it's like, that's one of the best compliments you can get as an artist to have them singing, screaming every word. Are you starting to feel that... Hey, I think I might actually make it. This might actually be something better than just getting a record deal. Like, are you starting to feel that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to you know we're working on getting me my own like headline run. You know, with COVID and everything, it's been all these shows are getting moved and uh, venues are have been full, and so we've been on a lot of opening shows. But I'm like really excited to get out there and do like my own own run, and I'm not nervous about it anymore because I know like. What little shows I have done, you know, in the past year, like just me, like I can sell those out. And, and, and that's like a good feeling to be able to go and, and do that and have to add other dates because you're selling stuff out. When are you moving to town? Soon. Yeah. I need to. In yeah. the next three months? Six yeah. months? Yeah. I thought that you you seem like you have enough room here. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, just you know, shack yeah. up. And I mean, if I'm being honest, back. you probably could move in a part of the house. I'd never even know, See? you know, just okay. let cool. yourself out the back. Cool. And, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Morgan's thrown me under the bus more than than any other artist so far. I enjoy that. Okay, yeah. I'll never be back. You're like you're, you're never coming. You'll back. come back more. I, I I do have to say, okay. one of my my best friend, she listens to you religiously every day in like, Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Every what? single. You want to say her name? Yeah, Hannah. 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 I, she got married. Hannah Lovett. I, I still call her by her maiden name, but. Yeah, she listens to you all the time, and so I guess you you had given me, like, a shout-out. You talked about me. She freaked out, called me screaming. Like, she she doesn't get excited <laughs> about, like, a lot of stuff, but, like, she, she loves you, and so. Well, anyway, nice. I feel like she's been talking about you and apparently tagging my name on your stuff for the last. Someone has been doing that, because randomly you would just be tagged in pictures. Hannah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's been like, she's been doing that for years, so I feel like I really owe her like a, hey, I'm here right now. So. Well, it's been <laughs> really good to meet you. Twice we've had to delay this. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm I'm just a massive fan, you know, without ever meeting you. And sometimes I'm a massive fan and then I meet somebody and I'm like, man, I wish I wasn't. But that's not the case here. Cool. You're, you're, cool. you're awesome. Yeah, you had to sit right now. As soon as he no, lights go off, he's going to be like, here's you are the, not Here's the thing. Her. I don't have to say that and I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so, but... Uh, I don't even need to wish you success. Like you're, you're really, really good. You're authentic. Um, you know, you have a, you have something to say. You have a perspective. You know, that's so hard to have an original perspective. And I think the, the key to having an original perspective is just sharing your own. And sometimes people are, are afraid to do that. Right. And I think you've done that. And so, I'm just, I'm glad you're here. Can't wait for you to move to town. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. So yeah. pencil me in. All right. Fan number 94,006. Okay. Okay? Okay. As long as I have my spot, I feel pretty good. Uh, let's go to Reed. <laughs> Reed is our video guy. Reed, you get one question. We always make Reed ask a question at the very end. All right. You say you're a big Elvis fan. Have you ever been to Graceland in Memphis? Twice. Twice? Twice. Oh, really? I have. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I went once when I was like, I don't know, maybe like 10. It felt like the longest drive from Virginia ever. Yeah. Um, but then I went again a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. I've it's, never been, but I, I knew you would have a good insight. About yeah, it. it's it's um you should go. And now the the fella here with you, is he your bodyguard? We actually just met. <laughs> <laughs> it, who 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 is? He's he? my driver. 
He's not your driver. Well, actually, he did drive me here. Okay. I don't have my car out here. I flew. Because I so. didn't see, when you said Mercedes, I didn't see a Mercedes come in. I know. Okay. Yeah. It's at home still. It's at home still. Yeah. I'm literally, I just got in from Key West yesterday. Then I leave tomorrow to go to Boston. So. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, everybody check out Reckless. The deluxe edition just came out if you were like me and you uh, gobbled up the, the entire record. Six new songs. Um, you're killing it. I, this this song is going to be a massive, massive hit. Uh, and that's all. I have nothing else to say except I've said everything good, and I mean all of it, and I'm not really going to say much opposite of this when you leave. Cool. Just much like, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there she is. You guys follow Morgan at Morgan Wade Music. Morgan Wade Music. Thanks, Morgan. Yeah, thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them every day can make all the difference in the world. That's why everybody should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I've been telling you about Tacova's Boots for a very long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacovas. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B-O-N-E-S at tacovas.com. And that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Come and point your toes west. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, the whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe available early 2024. Sure.